This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Solidarity on the Bench. First and foremost, I kind of wanted to talk about who am I and basically why should you care? As I do in all of my episodes, this is kind of my bullet point timeline of what we're going to be talking about. So I'm going to first share my story with mental health because that is primarily like first and foremost what I post about on my Instagram account. And then I'm also going to be talking about my education because another big facet of my identity is being a college student. And as I mentioned before, I am a senior in college. I'm going into my last semester of college. And so Although my student identity isn't my entire identity, it does make up a very big chunk of who I am on the day-to-day. And then I'm going to be talking about my content specifically on Instagram and my journey of how I got started in my content um, and just briefly touching on what that looks like for me. And then ending with a very well-rounded, thoughtful, who am I right now and why should you care segment. To get started, I have shared a lot of my journey about mental health on my Instagram, but I find that it's a really hard platform. You kind of post once and it gets lost in the abyss, and I think that I have so many thoughts about Instagram, I'm going to save that for another podcast, but as you guys can tell, I do love talking, and I would love to just have a longer form narrative of who I am and my story with mental health, because it does start in 2011, kind of around the time that I got on social media, and there potentially could be some trigger warnings for mental health, depression, anxiety, PTSD, all of those things, so if that doesn't feel right to you, please feel free to skip this episode. My story with mental health, as I said, begins in 2011. I started experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety, and I kind of suffered alone in silence for most of it. And this is when I found a great community on Tumblr. Um, I know that Tumblr is not an uplifting place for a lot of people, especially in like the 2012 to 2015 realm. Thankfully, I did find my community and I found a lot of people who could relate to what I was going through. Some of it was toxic in that they egged me on, but a lot of it was helpful in the fact that I felt like I could relate to a group of people that don't know me, don't know my circumstance, and I could just share with no repercussions in my real life what I was going through, asking for advice, and creating that community and safe space for myself. My journey with mental health really did start on the internet. I actually started to get professional help when I turned 17. My sister was very gracious and kind enough to help me look for my first therapist. She advocated for me and with my parents because before kind of her and I stepped into that space, they were not super well-versed on what mental illnesses were like and how kind of severe and life-altering they could be on the day-to-day. I really needed my sister to advocate for me and that was very helpful. And thank you, Elena, if you are listening to this for stepping in and being that 
big sister role that you are um, and advocating for that. I started going to therapy when I was 17. It was like two months before my 18th birthday and I have been through the ringer with therapists. I have had some for as long as two and a half years. I have had some for as short as one session and I know a lot about finding the right therapist, finding that right fit. Um, if that's something that you guys would be interested in, shoot me a DM, send me an email, let me know that that's a topic that I should cover on the podcast. But I started therapy when I was 17, two months before my 18th birthday, which made me a minor. And that meant that I had to get my parents to sign off on like approval for going to therapy. So the first time I did that, I kind of was like, hey, dad, can you sign this piece of paper? Um, And he was like, what is it for? And I was like, therapy, I'm going to be late. You need to sign it right now. And I kind of like grabbed it from him after he did that and rushed out the door and went to my first therapy session. That was how I did it. I ended up having a longer conversation with my parents about mental health and why I was seeking this kind of treatment, but I didn't feel comfortable doing that, um, especially the first time I went to therapy, and so I just kind of tricked them into doing that. I have since been in therapy for the entire time since then. Um, I am now 22, almost turning 23. Again, I guess it would be like what my five my five year anniversary of therapy around like January I am a big advocator for therapy if that is something that is available to you I also know that there is a lot of economic and social barriers that you know make mental health treatment really inaccessible for a lot of people I have been in therapy for the past five years I have done as much as twice a week therapy and as little as once every two weeks of therapy No, I guess the most I've done actually was inpatient treatment, which was like therapy every single day for five hours. I have been going through the ringer with therapy. I also started medication um, when I was 18. So this was about five or six months after I had my first therapy session. I actually was taken to a psychiatrist um, that my mom wanted me to go see. And we did all of these blood tests, these brain scans, the whole nine yards, and Ultimately, I did get put on medication. I got put on Zoloft initially, and then I got taken off that real quick, and I got put on um, an SNRI. I'm not exactly sure like what works for people and all of that stuff. I'm not very well-versed in that, but I do know that an SSRI, which is what Zoloft is, is a lot more common um, for people to be taking as an antidepressant. The SSRI method did not work for me, so I actually am taking the SNRI, which I actually had a whole conversation with my um, psychiatrist being like, what is the difference and why did one not work for me? And um, an SNRI actually has like an extra sort of something or other Someone better well-versed can speak to this, but it has something extra that an SSRI doesn't have, and that actually helped me a lot more. So I take an SNRI called Pristique. That is not the generic name. The generic name is like Deoxyphiladeta Extended Release Tablets, whatever, not sure. And I've had to switch my dosage a lot, just depending on my life circumstances and what I needed in that moment, but I am still, again, going to therapy once a week, taking my medication every day, and those are things that I absolutely love and that work really well for my mental health. 
Um, I also do see my psychiatrist about every six months and we have worked it down to that level because I've been working with him for the past four years, almost four and a half years now. And we have gotten to a dosage of medication that is very like pretty low and very stable. I know how I react on it and he's very comfortable with me taking that every day without having to do like extra checkups. I do those consultations on the phone with him and that is great. And yeah, as I mentioned before, another big step in my um, med mental health journey that I did talk about a lot at the beginning um, and is actually why the reason why I created my account or kind of restarted revived restart posting on it was because I did go to inpatient treatment for my mental health um, in June of 2020 so a couple months after the pandemic hit and we shut down I did go to an inpatient facility in Arizona not gonna name drop um, because I am not a huge fan of that facility but I was in there for 35 days that was the recommended amount of time and Every single day, I was doing some sort of group therapy, individual work, shadow work, um, EMDR, all of these things to kind of get me back to what my baseline of happiness was. And that really started my whole like mental health and wellness journey of being like, okay, it's not just that you're going to therapy once a week, but like this is it. Like you are 20 years old and that is extremely young to have a, the gained a lot of knowledge that I have today. But it was very much like, this is it, you're 20 years old, it's now or never, like, here's the kick in the butt that you kind of need. Also, um, it is raining outside, which is very nice ambient noise. It is time to be real! That's hilarious. I'm gonna take my be real. Hold on a second. Come back. And so yeah, I was in inpatient treatment. Once I got out in August of 2020, I started my Instagram account as like an accountability journal, an accountability diary. And I wanted to post kind of what I was working on throughout the week, little reminders to myself, what I've learned in my journey, and just kind of use it as a diary for myself. And I was very lucky, as I said before, I kind of started on Instagram in 2011, so I did have a platform. I had the numbers behind me. I wouldn't say that I had the platform because my engagement was down. A lot of followers were like, quote unquote, dead followers. So I did start my account with 15k, but I was only reaching, you know, maybe two or 3,000 people per post which is a very kind of like normal percentage of people to reach. I'm now realizing like as I go into the algorithm and learning more about that stuff. But I will say that I was very lucky to have kind of a baseline of support of people who were who knew me as a child and were interested in who I was and where I was going. And so that's when my whole Instagram started in August of 2020. And it was very much like lifestyle pictures, what I was doing, what I was eating, therapy thoughts, all of these things. And I was trying to stick to this schedule that I laid out with my therapist in inpatient treatment of like, this schedule is going to keep me accountable and keep me on the path of recovery and self-growth. So my Instagram went along hand in hand in that. And that's why I call myself an accidental influencer. Like I did not set out to be the type of person that I am today and create the type of content that I create now. Um, it was a lot just this Instagram is for me. It is for um, a resource in a space and like showcasing the real day to day what it looks like to go through like a very huge process and journey of recovery and recovering from you know, very extreme mental health and anxiety, like, 
situations and how what PTSD kind of looks like and how I was navigating that space as someone who was a lot younger. That's kind of my journey with my mental health. So I'm going to transition a little bit to talk about my education and my interests and all of that. As you can tell, mental health has been a very long theme in my life and in my process of learning who I am. That being said, my education has also been a really big theme in my identity. And so for as long as I have kind of been alive, I have also been a student. I've, you know, graduated high school now about to graduate college and my education and my academic interests are also a very big part of who I am. So I am a double major of economics and sociology, and honestly, I chose to be a double major because I thought that getting two degrees um, for the price of one would be very, very fancy. And I also was like, shoot for the stars, you know, if you don't make those requirements, you can drop down to a dual major, um, which is kind of like a combined major, or you can drop down to a major minor combination, or even just drop one. And since... I love organization. I actually got it done and I'm graduating with two majors. I'm writing two theses. As you all know, I was writing one in the fall that was really, really intense. It was my economics thesis. Um, and in the spring, I'm going to be writing my sociology thesis. So that's going to be very fun. And I love my majors. I'm very, very happy with the majors that I chose. A lot of people are really surprised to know that I'm not a psychology major. And I say that I am a very like passionate person about psychology. Sociology, economics, and psychology are my big blanket academic interests, and psychology, like the education around that, is being fulfilled by my podcast, my newsletter, and my Instagram, and so I don't really need that formal training in the classroom, and so I thought that my time would be better used to go into a major discipline that I have less exposure to, which would be sociology. So that's kind of why I chose sociology over psychology. I thought that my college gave out BSs, like bachelors of sciences in psychology, and I would actually have to take biology classes. But I realized that that is not the case. Since I am a liberal arts college, we only give out bachelor of arts. So it would have been a lot of like theory, which is the part that I'm interested in. And once I realized that like my sophomore junior year was a little bit too late to switch out, especially since I wanted to be that double major. So I just stuck with sociology and I'm very happy with that decision. Sorry, the background noise is actually the rain. The rain has now kicked up. I promise normally the podcasting space is like very quiet. I do it in my dorm room, but with this weather, which is like so strange, gotta do what we gotta do. Me being an economics and sociology major is kind of out of left field. If you only know me from my Instagram or only know me because I'm interested in mental health, um, but I actually do have plans to get an economics PhD because I am very interested in the writing and research part of policy. I've actually just got back from Washington DC where I went to a public policy conference and it was like an introduction to public policy, what that space looks like and how can you get in it. Um, realize that conference is not necessarily for me because it was a lot of like how to work on Capitol Hill, how to work for governors, all of those things, which is not necessarily what I'm interested in. But I am very passionate about research and writing, especially in the mental health and also early education space. That's my ultimate goal is to get a PhD to get to specialize in something behavioral economics related or public policy related. And I've done a lot of policy like driven research and like 
the impact of public policy type of research um, in my undergraduate. And I'm really lucky to have gotten those internships. I've gotten one behavioral economics one and then also one that was in the public policy sphere in the economic sector. My primary academic interest is actually in economics, but in applied economics and applied economic theory. So that is my plan, which is to get my economics PhD and hopefully work in some think tank or type of organization where I can conduct research on the impact of public policy on regular citizens because it's not enough. Like, And at this conference, it was very much like, how do you get that policy on the floor and passed through like Congress and the House? And I'm like, okay, but after it's passed, like what happens? Like, do we know the impact of this? And like, why are we not talking about why we should care about that? So that's where I want to fit in in the public policy and research sector. Kind of out of left field, um, considering what I do for Instagram. But I think that Instagram, as I just post on my stories, it's a very much like passion project for me. Like I'm just very interested in the world of social media and it's not necessarily something I want to take full time because I have a lot of passion and interest for the writing sector and the research sector um, that would not be fulfilled with being a full-time content creator and I think that's totally okay. Um, So that's kind of who I am in terms of academics and mental health. I also kind of wanted to touch on my content because this is a very like asked about topic in my Q&A boxes on Instagram. So again, I got started in August of 2020 when I started posting as an accountability diary. This was also like Reels then started rolling out around that time, which was really weird. And I had to learn how to use that kind of content as well. And a lot of what I'm learning. So I'm just interested in the social media space, in the algorithm, in what performs well, in the statistics of it all. I'm also not a math person, so me liking statistics is actually hilarious if you know me in real life. But I got started because I was just researching this stuff for fun. Like, I was posting on Instagram and I was learning, like, I was using Instagram as an accountability diary, but I was also learning about the algorithm, not necessarily so I could apply that knowledge, but just because I was interested in it. Once I realized, you know, what works well on Instagram and what works well with the algorithm, I started implementing that and that's when I saw a little bit of growth and I started to get my engagement back. My follower account stagnated, but that was because I was gaining as much as I was losing. So that was a net zero, but I looked at it more so less about the followers and more about, okay, the people who don't resonate with what I'm posting right now is leaving the community and I'm gaining a lot of people who are interested in what I have to say. So even though on the surface, it doesn't look like I am moving in terms of net followers, I'm actually creating a great foundation for what my account is today. So that's how I got started. Then, as I said before, reels just started like churning out and so I was trying to be like this little TikToker, like posting some sort of dancing videos or like these sorts of videos, but that's not really authentic to who I was and they were not picking up traction. I was not enjoying creating them and I didn't really know what was going on and actually the content that I post today was, I kind of stumbled into that as well. It was like, what do I like to see? What do I like to consume? And what am I good at creating? And that overlap is what you see in my content which is a lot of like aspirational content but like day in my life and like very realistic because I think it's really hard um, if you don't have like a 
quote-unquote good environment or like a picturesque environment, you don't think that you can create good content. But I just started with what I had. I started posting, I started looking for the good lighting, I started understanding and learning what worked and what didn't, but also like what I liked creating and that's kind of how you see like the reels and the posts that I have now. And in April of 2022, I posted my first how-to post, which was how to be alone. And this was like a, I just thought it was gonna be a one-off post, but now it's like something that I love doing and that I kind of, again, stumbled into a lot of like, my Instagram story is a lot of dumb luck, a lot of trial and error, and just kind of like learning what I like and learning what I don't like. And like, I did not think that that how-to post would blow up like it did. And it still continues to blow up. Um, and I think that I just had a lot of useful information to say because like learning how to love my own company and how to be alone is something that I was working on in that stage of my life with my therapist and we had been talking about it since November of the previous year so I kind of had like a good six months of experience and stories and then also good takeaways and so that coupled with doing some quick google searches, reading some articles, I was able to put together that how-to post while being alone and like learning to love my own company and learning to be okay with like being perceived alone on my college campus, which is crazy because I go to a small school, so you kind of know every, a lot of the people who are walking around. And so it's, I found it really embarrassing my junior year to be seen alone. And I would like skip meals in the dining hall or like go get myself fast food because I would not want to be eat, like seen eating alone. Um, and so making that post, I actually like had to face the fear of just being alone. And so I very intentionally like walked down like 20 minutes to like this quad that's very central to one of the campuses at my school. And I just sat down, brought my blanket, brought my coffee, and I made that post and I posted it without a second thought. And it is still to this day, like the biggest post and the biggest driver um, to my Instagram account is my how-to series. Now it's kind of evolved into talking about a lot of topics that I have been working on in therapy or that I have previously worked on and I feel like I have something to say. And I think that being a content creator in this day and age, a lot of it is not only do you have something to say, but do you present it well? And I think that my how-to posts kind of mesh those two together. And so it was like, as Bob Ross said, a happy little accident that my how-to post blew up and that's what I enjoy creating the most. And I am so, so grateful for the amount of people that have seen them. I am still very overwhelmed with the love that I get every time I post one of them and I just appreciate you guys all so much, so thank you. I recently, also in the fall, kind of brought on more creators that could speak to topics that I was not as well versed in, so I collaborated with Claire about a food post of like a how to reject um, diet culture because I'm not super well versed in like the diet culture eating space and she that's like her whole account and so I was like hey you have some expertise I have some really cool like graphics and fonts and the way that I like to do things like let's collab and so I have been very lucky to kind of been able to collab with 
such cool content creators. I collabed with Ivy on like how to accept yourself. She's a lot about like confidence. I've collabed with JC on how to read for fun, which is a topic that I really love. Um, and I've also collabed with Megan on how to romanticize your life. And so those are really fun because I'm able to put like my own spin on the how-to like educational space, but then also, you know, call on people who are more educated um, than me in these mental health topics. And so it's been able to not only just be very, very fun, but also give you guys, my audience, like a wider breadth of content and a wider breadth of like mental health topics that don't just revolve around me, what I'm interested in, my personal experience. That is definitely something that I plan on continue doing in the new year. I actually have a post with Sophia. I don't know when this podcast is coming out and I don't know when the post is coming up because it may or may not already be up, but Sophia and I's post is like how to rest without guilt. So that post may or may not be on my page. You can go check it out. And that's kind of what brings me the most joy when it comes to creating content and that's the main focus of my Instagram and my presence on social media is my how-to posts. So as I've said before, I don't really identify myself with my mental health or like my mental illness um, names. Like I'm not like, hey, I'm Katie and I'm depressed because I don't think that's very productive. So I'm not my mental health. I'm also not my academics. I'm not like my job. My job right now is a student and I'm also not a content creator. I'm just kind of a human who likes doing all of these things. And so a lot of my main interests are going to the gym, which I do post a lot about. I've gotten really into lifting and that's something that I never kind of saw my character art going. Like that was not on my 2022 bingo card, but it is something that I do really love and do really enjoy. And it is a really big coping mechanism for me is to go be in the gym and have that space for myself. I also really love reading. I do kind of post about it on my Instagram so you guys do know about it, but like I'm trying to read 90 books this year in 2023. I did 86 in 2022 and that was including the month of backpacking where I was not reading, which was wild. I think my stats for music and books like kept increasing even if I was you know, backpacking in the wilderness for a month last year. So I know that I am very much capable of doing 90 books. But that being said, I do want to focus on reading more books written by women of color and people of color and do more literary fiction instead of just doing like really easy romance books. So 90 is the goal, but I think that I'm definitely focusing on quality over quantity. Both are nice. That's just the ish. Again, mental health and academia, those are really big facets of who I am because that's just what I immerse myself in on the day-to-day, but I am a sociology and economics double major and that is, you know, going to be my identity for the next five months at least until I graduate and then I'm going to have to transition into what I'm doing in the future, which is very much up in the air. Um, So my job is going to be a little bit of my identity and I will share that process or that offer, the acceptance when I get it on Instagram. So I'm interested, I'm excited, I'm just kind of throwing, you know, throwing things on the wall and seeing what sticks in terms of types of job and also what I do in the next couple of years because I know that I'm not going straight to get my PhD. I do want to get some work experience and just learn like what a nine to five looks like before I decide to dedicate my life to academia again for the next 
five to seven years. So mental health, obviously, and my interest in it is a really big part of who I am, but it is not my identity. And I don't pride myself on being like one person. Like I'm a very multi-dimensional person and I have a lot of interests that I rarely share on Instagram because I think there's a lot of pressure to monetize every single part of you and I do like to keep a lot of things private. Um, and I just, uh, I have so many thoughts about, you know, Instagram authentic- authenticity in in this day and age. But to keep it short, that's kind of a very brief but also very long explanation of who I am and why you should kind of care. <laughs> Not really. Um, in the why you should care piece, obviously I don't think that you should necessarily care about celebrities or influencers the way that you should care about your friends or the people in your life that like ground you to who you are in this lifetime. But I think that why I am very different than the influencers that have normally gained popularity is that I am a mix of like educational content but also lifestyle content and I kind of show both the glamorized section of it but also like the real life and I take a lot of breaks off of Instagram as you guys can tell and I do that for my mental health and I so appreciate the love and support that I get every time I do take a step back from creating and from that platform. That's what I think makes me stand out from a lot of the other people in the space of influencing is that I have that realness side and I talk about topics that are not normally talked about. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you learned a little bit more about who I am and why I do what I do and how I came to create on this platform. If there's one takeaway from this, it's that I just want to be the person that I needed when I was 11 years old. Be that big sister for the internet that I wanted and create an internet space and a community that reflects my ideals of what I hope the world ends up looking like today. So if you've gotten this far, thank you so much for listening to me talk about myself for this long and i love you guys so much i cannot wait for this world of podcasting for being able to share my ideas and my thoughts about mental health and all of these things and Thank you guys just for the amount of support. I hope that ultimately with this podcast, you take away that you were not alone in your journey. And I share my story less and less on my platform, not because I'm, you know, embarrassed about it or don't want to share to the glowing, the growing platform, but also because it's taking up less and less of my identity and who I am. And I am defining myself less by my struggles and more about how I've overcome them. I will leave you guys with that. Hope you feel some solidarity on this bench of life. And I love you all so much. Until we meet again, thank you for listening.